Hello and welcome to the Odds Against podcast. We are back again and welcome to our preview of a stellar weekend's racing from Epsom, Sandown and Haydock. It's a classic weekend, the Derby, the Oaks and a certain horse called the Naval. Can Frankie the Tory be the king of Epsom or will Aidan O'Brien maintain his position as the emperor of the British classics? Join myself, Matthew Backhouse, Tom Pearson and James Glover as we find out. Okay, so the first race we're going to be looking at today is the Investec Derby. Um, which takes place at 4.55 on Saturday afternoon at Epsom. It's really positive that the derby is being held at Epsom this year, despite the fears it may not have been possible to hold it there. And we're going to kick off. Tom, welcome. And what's your thoughts on the derby? Welcome. Good to be here. Uh, it's it's very difficult from a betting point of view, I thought. I, I think the first thing I would say is that a lot of people seem to be giving the derby a bit of stick this year saying it's not a very good derby. I, I actually think it's quite the opposite. I think it's a really good derby. I think you've got English King, who looked so impressive in the trials. You've got Cameco, your Guineas winner. Uh, you've got Aidan O'Brien bringing over the Hampton Court winner, 3.4 million brother to Mogul. I, I think it looks like a really good race. Um, in terms of betting, I you're going to laugh at me, the, the one that I've sided with, and it, it might just be a little bit clutching at straws because I've backed Manti Post, but I can't believe that Max Vega is a 50-1 to one shot. When you look at the fact that Aran Naveen, if that's how it's pronounced, uh, is also a 50-1 shot. I'm, I'm going to take a guess that that's probably not how it's pronounced. <laughs> I, I think it is. I'm, I'm pretty confident, to be honest. Um, but yeah, there's there's no way he should be the same price. Um, if, if you take out Kamiko, he's obviously your Guinea's winner. Max Vega, he's up there on ratings. He looked like he, he was going to be a real kind of middle-distance star last season when he ran away with the Zetland Stakes. Zetland Stakes is starting to run, starting to look quite good. Um, he does have that absolutely shocking run at Kempton to start with, but even, even then, you've got... Uh, Berlin Tango and Piledriver boosted that form. The Beckett Yards were, were not firing whatsoever at that time. But he, he's he's in a kind of lot better form recently than he was back then. I, I think that at 50-1, to 1, he, he's a massive price. They, they always thought of him as a derby horse over the winter. He should stay on pedigree, obviously. We, we saw him winning 10 furlong at Newmarket. He hit the line really hard. And um, he... he it was a bit strange. It's difficult to explain, but I thought he did his best work in the dip that day rather than coming out of the dip, which he's a big leggy horse. I think he's going to be absolutely perfectly suited uh, by the undulations at Epsom. Uh, you, you'll get four places on the day. So, yeah, at 50 to 1, I, I'm going to chance him. I'm going to go back in again. There we go. What a start to the podcast. 50 to 1 shot. Yeah, well, what I will say is I do think if Kamako stays, he'll he'll win because he's got by far the best form. I just don't think he'll stay. Okay, James, how do you follow that? Well, you, you said Aidan O'Brien will he be the emperor emperor of the Derby? Well, he's certainly got uh, plenty of options in his armoury, hasn't he? Um, although I'm not sure that that one's going to go. Looks like that one's going to going to go to France, doesn't it? Now, which is a bit disappointed. For me, because um, he'd, he'd have actually been my pick for the race. Um, I think you, your obvious starting point is is English King. Um, the performance at Lingfield was certainly backed up on the 
on the on the speed figures, but he's he's really not a backable price now at nine nine to four five to two. I think he'll he'll drift on the day to maybe a point or at least a point bigger. Um, but he's he's not a backable price now. I don't think Kamako will stay. He's in that roaring lion mould by Kitten's Joy. I don't I don't think you'll see out the the twelve furlongs. Um, and then it's and then it's the the, the Bally Doyle lot. There's not got a standout performer this this time. Um, Russian Russian Emperor was probably my pick of um, the Bally Doyle horses based on that that Ascot run. Stayed on really well there over over ten. Um, looks like looks like the the twelve will suit, but can't can't be 100% sure on that. And then I don't know what to make of Mogul really. He looked to be carrying quite a lot of condition at Ascot, and maybe he'll come on a lot for the run. But he's a short short enough price at seven to one to be to be sure. So so I think I won't be having a bet at the prices. But English King, I'm going to have to stick with English King. He's got that that seems to have the perfect blend of speed and stamina which you need for a derby and. The, the uh, to, that's exactly what I'd written down in my the, heart. I was about to say <laughs> the 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 time figures he's put up um, at Lingfield certainly seems to suggest he's a, a, a serious horse. So my selection is unoriginal, but English King. Is it yeah. time for us to uh, after time the prices we've all got an English King yet? Or should we leave that out? I personally not talked about that, but. Um, <laughs> To be fair, we did say, I'm pretty sure we said on the last podcast we did that he, it, did we not mention that if he won that he would be a lot shorter price than the Derby are? Yeah, I think I think we all agreed if there was a Derby horse in that race, it was him. Bus. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, I kind of, I tend to agree with you, James. Um, it, it's, it sounds a bit harsh, especially on Cameco, but out of all the runners in the Derby, the only one that gets me really excited is English King. A lot, of, a lot of the others, they sort of seem nice horses that seem like proper like group types, but he's the sort of one that I think could be potentially exceptional. So I'm just going to hope that he is. Um, again, with the Aiden O'Brien Battalion, I, I, one thing I thought was actually quite interesting was just about Russian Emperor. Was, he was a bit disappointing on his on his sort of comeback run um, at Leopardstown a few few runs ago and they, they quickly got him out to Ascot again and then to here they obviously really wanted to get the experience into him and see what he was made of so I did think that was quite interesting because they could quite easily have just thought oh well he's obviously not that good and stuck him in the Irish derby with a couple of the other similar types um, but they didn't they thought they went to Ascot and he won and he's, he's now here so that, I did think that was interesting but I don't particularly like any of the O'Brien horses at the prices to be honest I think they've all got various things to prove um, so yeah, I'd actually be a bit disappointed if English Queen doesn't win. And I know that sounds a bit daft because it's a wide open race and he's only a, a, a listed winner. But there we go. Um, Just to uh, touch on James' point about uh, the condition Mogul was carrying. If if Mogul wins a derby, I'll be trying my best to get in touch with Aidan O'Brien because I'll want him as a personal trainer. If he can get <laughs> him to lose that much weight in a couple of weeks, <laughs> second career. Do you reckon you'll be able to afford the training fees? Uh, depends. If Morgan wins and I have a good bet on him, maybe. <laughs> uh, once Max Vega wins, possibly. Yeah, once Max Vega wins. 
<laughs> so your selection then, Max Vega each way at 54. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd wait. I'd wait until the day you'll get four places, fifty to one. Yeah, and it's fair. We've we have seen in recent derbies that, I mean, there have been horses that have been really pushed out in the morning, haven't they? Um, so you may mm. even get slightly bigger price as well on the morning. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then for me and James, English King. English King. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on then to the Oaks. Investor Oaks, three forty on Saturday, at Epsom. So James, can you feel the love tonight, or more appropriately, Saturday afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 a fascinating race, isn't it? Um, between probably between two horses, um, love and uh, frankly, darling. Um, I did again. Was hoping Peaceful was going to run, <laughs> but she she looks like she's going to the pre the Diane. Um, the only thing I would say about Love is she looked to have bags and bags of pace at Newmarket. Um, and although on, on breeding you think she'd get the mile and a half, I was just a bit skeptical of whether she'd actually stay the trip. And I think, frankly, Darling is well, he's proven, proven at the trip. Um, it'll be a fasc- fascinating race, not much of an opinion on it. Um, but I'd probably just side with with Frankly Darling. I'm not sure what the English thousand guineas was. It doesn't look up to a heck of a lot. Cloak of Spirits, poor at Ascot. I think Quadrilateral's massively overrated. Final song, poor at Ascot. Um, so I'd maybe just side with Frankly Darling. But it's 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 a race that I'll just be sitting back and watching and enjoying hopefully so it's a no vet for me there okay um i actually my, my only slight concern with frankly darling is the fact that she has had sort of three races in quite quick succession given the fact that she's only very lightly raced and she, she did pull very hard at ascot so i'm just slightly concerned that she's gonna that'll have taken a, a bit a bit out of her um whereas love's had sort of the ideal preparation she's obviously had the four week gap, won very impressively. Um, I actually, I sort of slightly disagree with you. I think I thought when she won the Guinness, she looked like she'd be the further she'd go, the better she'd be. So I think 12 furlongs would be right up her street. Um, I did actually have an interesting theory. I, I do wonder whether O'Brien originally had quite a few entered in here, even though it was only a small field. And I, I've noticed that John Gosden's entered Tiempo Vuela. So I, I do wonder whether he's. Gosden was maybe slightly concerned that the O'Brien team, similar to how they did with Dawn Approaches Derby a few years ago, send a few to the front and then put the brakes on a bit to make Dawn Approach pull very fiercely, didn't stay. And I did wonder whether they've maybe thought similar tactics, as we say, maybe at hand and tr- trying to cause Frankly Darling to overrace during the race, which would leave her maybe a bit exposed in the finish. So he's, he's got himself a pacemaker potentially in there in Tiempo Weller. Yeah. Um, but other, other than that, I've not really got a strong opinion. I think it's just going to be a ex- really exciting race. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I, I don't really have a strong opinion either. Um, I, I think the the key to the race for me is whether there will be any pace. I, I actually think uh, the opposite of... I, th- I think the pace would suit love. And uh, probably my, I'd probably lean towards an Istimon. I, I thought her run in the uh, behind Frankly Darling was really impressive given that they went relatively slow out in front 
And Frankie Darling was just perfectly positioned. I think she just got a frank, really good ride from Frankie that day, whereas Anistimon had to do kind of a, a lot of work from the back. I think her closing sectionals that day were really impressive. Um, I, I thought that the, the mile and a half at a strong pace would, would probably suit her a little bit. Um, she She's still relatively inexperienced as well. You've got to remember that she, she only just got back up on a seasonal reappearance to win. That Ascot start was only her third start as well. I, I think there's probably a bit more improvement to come from her than, frankly, darling. But I think she, she's got hands tied against Love. I, I agree with you that Love hit the line really hard in the guineas. I'd struggle to see it get beat, but I think you, you could maybe get away with playing the uh, reverse forecast love and an Istimon for a O'Brien one too. It wouldn't be the first time, would it? It certainly wouldn't. It, it wouldn't be the first time that an O'Brien supposed second string yeah. uh, would go and win a classic, that's for sure. Okay, so to round it up, James, selection for you, frankly, darling? Yes. Okay, and Tom, you're going to go with. Essentially, the the love and Istimon one two. Yeah, I, th- I think if you push me for a winner, I'd, I'd side with love. Okay, and I agree. I, I agree with you. I'm going to be really original and put second favorite up in a row and put love up as well. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on, and so we're just going to skip ahead to Sunday now because we didn't really want the eclipse to get to get lost in the middle of the podcast. We wanted to sort of really focus on it. Um, and the first, I suppose, there's only really one place to start. With the eclipse, and that is the Wondermare enable. She's back, um, back to avenge her crown as a six-year-old now, which is certainly rare to say the least. Um, Tom, what, what's your thoughts on uh, enable coming back here? Oh, uh, I think this is probably the sexiest race of the year. I, I think if if this kind of race doesn't get you excited, I, I don't know what will. To be honest. I think for me, um, I, I think the tactical element is going to be the most fascinating. I think what what will Frankie do? Is he going to let Gaiath just get on with it, or is he going to let is he going to hassle him for the leads? Because we know that Gaiath likes to lead. I think he he'll want to get out plenty in front, save a little bit for later. Whether Frankie will let him do that could um, could potentially be. The, the race winning move if that makes sense um, yep. the, the one that I'd be interested in uh, he's not necessarily a confirmed runner um, I certainly wouldn't be backing at the price but I, I'd maybe if you do get the eight runners at five to one each way a, a dirty each way uh, Lord North because his, his Prince of Wales win was just so impressive to me he, he quickened up nicely it, it wasn't the strongest of pace um, despite how it looked, um, so he was maybe a little bit flattered by that. But I, I think that a strong pace would really suit him. Um, I think may, maybe five to one is a little bit short, but I'd be very intrigued to see if he is going to be proper top class, if that makes sense. Yeah, you want to um, see him. You want to see him confirm what he's yeah. doing because it was a bit of a such a big improvement that you kind of you are a bit skeptical as to whether. It's definitely yeah. his level of ability or the race just kind of wasn't up to much and he, he, he was shown to best effect. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I, I wouldn't really be paying to find out at five to one, but if, if you are inclined for a for an each way, that's five to one, three places. 
they'll be they'll be worth five to one each ways. But yeah, it's just a race to sit back and enjoy. It's it's racing at its peak, in my opinion. Good stuff, James. Are you excited to see Enable back? Yeah, it's 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 funny that I I came to the conclusion had written down also that you could do worse to have an each way bet on Lord North at five to one. <laughs> I think I think Enable is gonna have to be right at her best to win here. To be honest, uh, especially first time out. Um, if Lord North puts a performance up similar to well similar to that at Ascot, then uh, I think he'll get very close to Enable. Um, Gaiath, um I, I don't think he'll put the same performance obviously that Newmarket seems to seems he's got to a balance isn't he yeah yeah he, he, need, he needs a big gap between his races yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so so it's like like Tom said just a, a cracking race to, to, to sit back and watch again um, but I think Lord North could be a, a serious threat to enable it's interesting because originally I, all I wrote down was enable enough said, and then I, <laughs> and then I put uh, John Gosden one to enable beat to beat Lord North, and then the more I actually looked into it, I, I sort of convinced myself to back Magic Wand each way, because um, <laughs> I, I think I, I actually sort of I didn't actually quite realise just how good a form sort of was at, at points last season. Um, I've got so this, I'm just going to give you a run through what she managed to actually achieve last season. So she ran 13 times between March last year and February this year, which is for a Group 1 horse is pretty impressive. She managed to run in seven different countries on four different continents, and of which 11 of the races were Group 1, the other two being one at Royal Ascot and also the big conditions race on dirt in Saudi Arabia. She managed to win a Group 1 in Australia over 10 furlongs, four days having after run in the Melbourne Cup, obviously over two miles. Um, and then she was really unlucky not to win the Hong Kong Cup out at Sha Tin in December which is obviously one of their biggest races over there. Um, so where she so where she has got a bit, uh, sort of maybe sort of four or five pounds to find to definitely hit the frame. Um, I just think she's actually a really interesting horse and she needs decent ground. So if the ground stays good or quicker, that would be ideal as long as there isn't too much rain. Um, I thought she made a really nice appearance three weeks ago. She's had a good bit of time to sort of get a spot on for this. And I just think she, I, I think she'll hit the frame. It wouldn't be the biggest shock to me if she did potentially cause an upset. Um, so I'm going to back her each way at 16 to one. Wow, with with knowledge like that, you're not going to need influencers to promote your <laughs> podcast, are you? Ooh, spicy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're the, the the three main races we've covered now. Um, so we're just going to look at the rest of the supporting cards, starting with. Saturday supporting cards at Epsom. Um, so the first race we're going to cover is the Princess Elizabeth Stakes, the 4:15 at, uh, at Epsom on Saturday. It's an extended mile, Group Three contest for three-year-old fillies. And Tom, we're going to start with you here. What's uh, what are your thoughts on the race? Uh, I thought for a went. <laughs> I don't really have much more to say. Um, it's it's not a very good race. Um, I don't really know what's going to show up. She looks like the only one that is is definitely going to show up, but she just a chance for performance was just spectacular. She she's definitely a, a group filly. Um, I know it's only a third start, but I, I'd be very disappointed if she got beat. She's tactically versatile. She she can go forwards. She can uh, she can sit off the pits. She's got a nice turn of foot. 
Uh, yeah, I, I just think she wins. And I, I think, is she seven to four at the minute? Yeah, she's, yeah. she's around that sort of price, yeah. About 15 to eight. Yeah, a little bit of two to one available. I think that's probably a good price because Cloak of Spirits, Andrea Razzini's jocked up on Furat, not Cloak of Spirits. So you know that she's not running. Uh, Rochetta, is she going to run? Um, maybe not. And then you look at the others, that their form just doesn't really stack up. So I think even at two to one, she's probably a good bet, if I'm being honest. Okay, James, your thoughts? <laughs> I have no interest or opinion on this race whatsoever. And for a and for a podcast where I'm supposed to be giving an opinion on horse races, I'm I'm not doing very well at it so far. <laughs> um, I just it, it just doesn't look very interesting to me. <laughs> Are we going to have to get a replacement for you? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, so, in the next seven minutes when the Newcastle game starts. <laughs> No, I'm joking. It'll be a boring game. <laughs> you know for a fact there's going to be a penalty in the first minute now you said that. <laughs> uh, so it's just worth pointing out for anyone who doesn't know that obviously Fura is the full sister to Ben Battle, of course, the Godolphin horse. And she's also, I think Dan was a group one winner as well, wasn't she? Um, over Around 10 furlongs. Um, I, I'll let you, Tom. I, I thought she she was brutally impressive at Chelmsford. I know it was only a Chelmsford novice race, but to win under a penalty by seven lengths, kind of not really being fully asked, was pretty impressive. Um, the other one, I when you consider that she, uh, she on debut at Newcastle, she beat Maria Rosa by a neck and she reappeared and yeah. she, she destroyed her. Maria Rosa's a 1.75 million half sister to Nyquist. So you'd like to think she's going to be quite good as well. Yeah. The, the only other one that I thought uh, that I thought was, was interesting was the other John Gosman runner, but again, it's, it's kind of difficult to know which one's going to run, which was uh, Love, and, Love and Thunder. Um, you don't see many horses moving from Andre Farber to to anybody, but she's moved to John Gosden. Um, and I just think she's probably got a higher ceiling than the level of form offered by the likes of Cloak of Spirits, Rosa Kildare, Summer Romance. Um, she's about 8, 9 to 1 at the moment. I'd imagine, given the fact that the two John Gosden ones in there that if she runs and the other one doesn't and there's another couple maybe don't run her price will probably shorten up quite a lot so it's maybe not worth taking the risk given that we don't know the, the field but um, I thought she was really impressive when she made a winning UK debut uh, earlier in the last month okay so we're going to move on now to the two-year-old division the invest deck woodcut EBF stakes over six furlongs um, the 150 and James will we see another Pinatubo uh, no, we won't. There's, there's definitely not another Pinatubo in this field. Um, my, my, my selection. This was actually Tawasol. Um, if you, if you watch Tawasol's debut, it, it was really impressive. It's really, really green. Must have ran from each, across each side of the track. Shuffled back in the pack. Uh, and got carried across the track to, to, to go and win. So I thought that was a a really impressive debut and there's surely a lot to come. Um, Mark Johnson's won the race three times in the last 10 years so he, and he must have plenty of horses to choose from um, in this. Um, I don't know which of his, I think he had about three entered, I don't know which will actually run. Um, the one I was maybe hoping might run would be the one uh, owned by John Dance. Um, I thought that was a good performance beating in Haler at, at Newcastle. Uh, looked quite green green out in front. 
Um, and the one I thought might be overlooked in the market, but was only about eight to one, was Adrian Nichols's Mamba Wamba. Um, that one was really well backed at um, at Ascot. Uh, was it in the in, in uh... Queen Mary, wasn't it? Is it the Queen Mary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where where that one was slowly weighing out pace. The horse, the main uh, horses there came from down the middle. Uh, the American runner, um, and she she came round the stand side and made up a lot of ground at the end. Stayed on well, so the step up to six for her would probably would be ideal, really. Um, but it's about best price eight to one in a lot of places shorter. That was, that was far, that was a bit too short for me, but she was interesting, but, um, Tower Soul would be my, my selection. I think there. Okay. Tower Soul for you. Um, come with a lot of them now. Well done. <laughs> you, you're you have done a good job there to be fair. Obviously, I had no strong opinion on the race though. I, I thought it was interesting that every Godolphin pair that, uh, modern news was a lot shorter and the better than creative force in some places, but, to me, uh, modern news looked more like a galloping type on debut. I thought Creative Force looked a lot sharper, speedier. So I'd actually have had them. I'd have, I'd have had Creative Force probably as as the one that I'd give preference to. But I'm not going to lie. I will be 99% sure not having a bet at this stage. So uh, Tom, is there anything from you you want to cover on the Woodcut Stakes? Uh, I, I thought Modern News would win. Uh, the reason that Modern News is shorter, it, it's seen a little bit of support over the last couple of days. Uh, William Buick's chopped up on him rather than Creative Force. And uh, Creative Force's Buick is chopped up on Sunday, Sundown. Oh, so is it? it okay. if, uh, yeah, it looks as if Modern News is going to be the one coming here. Um, I, I just thought that his both of his runs, his form was quite quite clear. To be honest, um, I, I do agree that he probably was a bit more of a kind of galloping sort, probably once a little bit further than a, a drop back to six. But uh, I think he's probably that that far ahead that he, he should probably still be winning. So, yeah, it, it'd be modern news for me. OK, there we go. So two selections there. Um, moving on to another of the supporting cards on Saturday, the Investec Surrey Stakes, which is a seven furlong listed contest for three rolls and upwards. Um it's quite difficult to know what's going to definitely turn up here. There's three Johnson horses all around last weekend, but then you wouldn't be That's shocked if all, it wouldn't be a shock if any of all, all of them turned up here. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and then obviously Safe Voyage, he's pretty short in the market, but I don't know whether the ground will be soft enough for him. And he, I think he's also entered it over in Ireland at the weekend. Um, and then uh, I think there's a few here with serious question marks over the heads, such as Derek Shine So Bright, who both ran absolutely atrociously at Ascot. Um, and I just wonder whether it's worth chancing the outside with the field. Chris Bina, um, any big each way price, she's about 40 to 1, 33 to 1 general price. Um, she won what probably wasn't a very strong maiden of six furlongs at Pontefract, but she was very strong in the final furlong, winning by six lengths, um, having been well backed on the day. And the comments afterwards suggested that they were considering a crack at the Commonwealth Cup at the time. So they obviously think she's got a bit of ability. And in a race where I thought there's serious question marks over a lot of them. I thought she's worth a crack each way at uh, 33-1 to 1 or 40-1 to 1 if you've got Paddy Power or Betfair. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tom, uh, what was your thoughts on the race? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really have a strong opinion. I, I think I, I, you, you've almost tempted me into it. Uh, whether <laughs> I'm back in a Roger Fellows in a listed race. 
I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I listened to Sean Quinn. Uh, John Quinn's son had a, an assistant trainer. He had an interview the other day. They seem to be leaning towards Epson rather than Ferry House. So I wouldn't be too worried about him being a non-runner, but I agree the ground might, might not necessarily be soft enough. I do think if there's any kind of rain, and it looks like there's a little bit of rain about on the uh, Saturday morning, that's probably going to be good enough for him because he's he's that far clear of these. Um, if, if you didn't fancy backing a favourite, because uh, I seem to have put up a couple, I started strong with my 50 to 1. Seems to be leaning towards <laughs> the favourites now. Um, all this is us. Uh, he, he's run a couple of good races at Epsom the only two times he's run there, uh, both in the Diamond Stakes, but He's, he's probably a little bit short for an each way, but it's seven to one for me. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be looking to have a bet in this race, but I'd, I'd have it between Safe Voyage and All This Is Us. Uh, Safe Voyage, obviously, ground dependent. Okay. James, uh, what are your thoughts on the race? Uh, I'm going different altogether. Um, card sharp for me. Um, last last two tries have been over a mile hasn't quite seen that out back to seven now um there's one over at the course in the woodcut stakes as a two-year-old um a bit inconsistent um but i'm willing to take that risk at 16 to one um so course course form uh, back to his best trip um william buick's now dropped up so I'd, i'm willing to take a risk there at 16 to one each way on card sharp Okay, there we go. So research there. Card Sharp didn't win the woodcut. De Bruyne horse won the woodcut. He got thrown out because of uh, the drugs, didn't he? Did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. I forgot about that. Oh, that yeah, that does bring back uh, Throwing a bit of shit on your parade there. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Still run well at Epsom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got a nice, uh, nice variety of. Uh, selections there um 33 to 1 and 16 to 1 um uh, so moving on to what's going to be our final race of saturday's preview um which is the investec handicap it's always a very competitive race and it's usually good quality handicaps and some nice sort of middle distance winners um 10 furlong class 2 handicap four yards and upwards and tom starting with you um what's your thoughts on the race well so chelis wins obviously doesn't he surely <laughs> Roger fell double at Epsom on Derby. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm at this stage. I don't even know whether he's a confirmed runner. Um, ben, ben Curtis has jocked up on certain lads for Mick Channon at the minute, and uh, ben, Ben's rolled on both of his starts so far. I, th- I think the reason he's not jocked up is uh, he's currently down to do eight four if uh, everything shows up, which is just a pound too high for Ben. But, uh, yeah, if, if I'm being honest, I've, I've not asked if he was an intended runner, which is probably a bit lazy on my part. But, um, yeah, again, I'm going to be very unoriginal. I think the race entirely revolves around Desert Icon. Um, it looked like, was it first time cheek pieces last time, or was it Hood? Um, not too sure. It was the first time headgear, either way. It just seemed to really sharpen him up at Newmarket. He travelled best. He's tactically going to be fine. He'll be even better suited by a strong pace. He's he, he won how far um, at Newmarket last weekend? Eight and a half lengths. First time cheap pieces. Yeah. So yeah, even at three to one, I think if he can back it up quickly, he 
he'd win it for me. Uh, there was another very wide margin winner that interested me, and that was uh, your hired. I think uh, we we talked about him on the day, saying he'll never win a race again because the handicap was going to brutalise him. But actually, the handicap was only gave him seven pounds, which uh, for a fourteen length win at Newmarket, you've, you've got to be quite happy with, don't you? Um, he's probably it, it, still he's still well handicapped on his old form off, off that kind of. It was it, it, it was one of the weirdest performances I think I've ever seen from a, a racehorse <laughs> in my life. A, a horse that's how old is he now? Is he what about seven years old? Seven, yeah, he, he hasn't won since 2016. And he goes and obliterates the field by 14 lengths. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the the booked William Buick again. Like, like I said, seven pounds for a 14 length win. I know it, this is far more competitive than that race. You're not going to have any Jeffrey Archer horses coming second. So yeah, I, th- I think he's he's maybe twelve to one, fourteen to one. There's worse. Think my bets are good. Sorry. I don't think anybody's listening for that shite, to be honest, James. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, so, anyway, sorry for the interruption. So you, you you think it's going to be one of the the sort of the big one of the recent winners backing up? Would you? I, I do. Would you be? So either of them was, would there be a sort of a selection in the race then? Uh, I, th- I think you can back your hired each way at twelve to one. Um, again, I don't think many bookies are offering uh, the extra places at the minute. I think you'll get. Let me just check. I, th- I think you'll definitely get plenty of pit, uh, people going four places. I don't think he's the type that's going to be absolutely smashed up. So um, uh, yeah, not not single bookies going four places. And you, you're going to have a full field, so you'll get um, you'll get plenty of four places in the day. But yeah, twelves, fourteens, I'd, I'd be quite happy putting him up as an each way selection, even though I think uh, Desert Icon's going to beat. Yeah. Okay, that's a good good uh, good argument there. Um, the the one I quite like is a horse called Ironclad, uh, Fugo Palmers, and I've just got to let everyone know this is a sexy pedigree alert. <laughs> okay, so he's he's related to um, a couple of smart types, which was a Mirage Dancer, um, but mainly on the, on his dam side of his pedigree. So his dam was a dual group one winner out in America on turf, and she herself was related to the top class side Dan Silly, um, multiple group one winning Mayor Banks Hill, who won from eight furlongs up to twelve furlongs, and as well as two other group one winners out in America, which are also currently relatively successful sides over in, in the UK, which are Cacique and Champs Elysees. Both of their progeny also developed really well with time, which is the sort of I think would be the key to this horse. He's still very lightly raced. He gave the impression that there was a lot more to come from him last season, um, and I'd be a bit disappointed if he isn't a significantly better horse than an 86-rated handicapper come the end of the year. And I think because you've obviously got the really short Haggis horse in there, I think eight to one about him is actually quite a fair price. Okay. Um, so we're going to move on to Sunday now, and again, some actually. Do I not get a selection in that race? I thought you. No, sorry, I missed you out. That's <laughs> a good point. I thought. I thought uh, that's my bad. My mistake. I thought you were too preoccupied by Dwight Gale to uh, to care about the investor handicap. No, personally. no, no. I can multitask. But it does appear that he has scored with it. Alan, some maximum assist. Uh, <laughs> if anyone cares. Right, so. 
so my my selection here was um baltic baron now this horse will win a competitive handicap sometime i'm surprised it has taken this long from to step up to 10 furlongs because the dam of this horse her progeny seemed to go well sort of up to a mile and a half and the full sister to baltic baron um won the priva mai and that's over a mile and a half so i'm I think there's a bit of improvement to come Baltic Baron steps up to 10 furlongs here. Um, the way he ran in the Hunt Cup um, probably seems to suggest that. He was dead last on the stand side with two furlongs to go, and he stayed on really well that day without troubling troubling the leaders. Um, he's been put down at a pound for that. Um, I think there's plenty of improvement to come for the step up in trip and 20 to 1. Very big price. Jim Jim Crowley's been uh, jocked up for a, a fair few days now, I think. So, um, Baltic Baron for me. Um, if if it does rain, I thought Dolphin Vista was was huge at fifties, but um, it needs to rain a lot. Um, Dolphin Vista's put down five pounds for that no show at at Ascot, um, and I'm sure Jim Boyle tends to do fairly well with his Epsom handicappers. Um, but that's only if there's a, a deluge of rain. Baltic Baron, 20 to 1 each way. There we go. That's a strong each way selection there. So, uh, Just a word of caution. Baltic Baron is still entered in the uh, cold challenge on Sunday. Yeah. If, if Jim Crowley's booked up, you, you don't think that... I don't think they'd go to the trouble of booking Jim to then say, ah, buggy, yeah, we're going to run on Sunday instead. Yeah, there's no Hamdan Armak tomb horses entered in the uh, disinvestic handicap either you could jump onto. Uh, no, no. Okay, so there we go. So we've got a couple of good selections there. Um, now we are going to be moving on to Sunday, um, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> is a, such a great card at Sandown and Haydock. Even if the Eclipse wasn't on, it would still be a great uh, Sunday's racing. Um, so the feature of which at Haydock, um, is the Bet365 Lancashire Oaks at 240, which is a 12 furlong group two for three old and older fillies. Um, I'm actually quite surprised that given that the Eclipse was made exempt from three-year-olds this year, that they have allowed three-year-old fillies to run here um, rather than sort of kind of pushing them towards running in the Oaks. Um, so James, starting with you this time, uh, what do you fancy in the Lancashire Oaks? Um wasn't really a strong fancy for me um but i did think if she runs that a horse called laloon of henry candies was a an interesting each way bet she's actually shortened up quite a lot uh since yesterday she's 25 to 1 yesterday it's now only um 16s uh, she's only run three times for she's a four-year-old and she's by champs elysees so she'd obviously expect her to um improve with age and racing she got very close to antonio de vega at um pontifract uh, on the seasonal reappearance and antonio de vega is quite a bit shorter um so i just think from a improvement perspective there could be quite a lot to come from her but other than that it's only a very would only be a very small each way bet um these phillies races tend not to be my sort of forte no they just and throw up some funny winners sometimes 
you know what these fillies are like. Um, so so I'll just I'll have my eye on Laloon each way. Well, I uh, I kind of looking at the prices of the two that I'm about to put up. I hope that it is a quote funny result. Um, <laughs> I quite like a, a couple of the three-year-olds here. Um, and one that I do really like is actually Alpinista of Samart Prescott. Um, she was a very Samart Prescott. Uh, debut winner though she was obviously showing plenty at home and she was nine to four and not the usual 50 to one um but she's actually very stoutly bred um she completely blew the start um when she was moved up to a group three company on a second start um and again she was held up in a tactically ran french group three over a mile at the back end of last season um and she was sort of doing her best work late on the dam was a black tight mare who stayed beyond two miles on the flat and is a sibling to the useful algometer and the Grand Dame Albanova was a three-time Group 1 winner over 12 furlongs in Germany. So the step up to 12 furlongs here is going to be very much... It's just, uh, by Frankel as well, his progeny do tend to stay really strongly. So I, I think she's going to improve massively for the step up to 12 furlongs. And given that she was group placed over a mile at two, um, I don't think she's going to... She'll have to... I think she will make the relevant improvement to hit the frame. And she's a 33-1 to one bet 365 and 21-5-1 to one available elsewhere. And the other one that I thought was really interesting was a horse called Caballetta, um, who shaped like she was going to be a really strong stayer when beating um, a certain horse called Frankly Darling on debut last season. Uh, I don't know what's happened to her since, but um, uh, she again shaped like she really needed a, a trip on a second start, went up to 10 furlongs on a comeback run in a listed race. And I think 12 furlongs around Haydock will really suit her. Interestingly, the dam, her dam, Allegretto actually won this race herself back in 2006 as a three-year-old before going on to win races like the pre-Royal Open, the Goodwood Cup as an older horse. Um, and that, she's generally 12 to 14, 12 to 1 or 14 to 1, but she's actually 20 to 1 at the moment with Bet365, which I thought was just a ridiculously big price. Okay, Tom, what's your thoughts on the race? Uh, I, I didn't have a huge opinion. I, I think looking at the weather forecast, it's going to be absolutely bottomless at Haydock. Just, just for a nice change, I guess. Uh, so I think stamina is really going to be to the fore. Um, uh, obviously, look, looking at the market, the market tells you Fanny Logan isn't going to run, which is no real surprise. Um, yeah, I, I thought... I, I probably... I, I can see your point about Laloon, James, but I, I thought that the really soft ground and the strong test of stamina would probably suit uh, the De Vegas a little bit more. I thought that um, Manuela de Vega was probably there too. She she was given a very enterprising ride last time and they just didn't catch her from the front. I think she'll try and do the same again this time, but probably uh, set it up a bit for Antonia de Vega. So, um, yeah, she, she wasn't that impressive at Pontefract. She did what she was expected to do on ratings, but she she's a real Taoist there. And uh, yeah, I think I think a mile and a half on very soft ground is going to be right up her street. Given that Fanny Logan isn't going to run, uh, I think the eight to one that you can get each way. In fact, is that? Let me just check again. Sorry, seven to one. Uh, I, I still think, unless you've got Betfair and Paddy Pop. In fact, no, Coral as well, eight to one. Yeah, I'd, I'd chance her each way at eight to one because you you know that Fanny Logan's going to come out. So just in a bit as a result. Okay. Uh, so there we go. A couple of uh, taking on the head of the market there um, for our selections. I'm going to stay at Haydock now for the very competitive Old Newton Cup. 
350, a 12 furlong class two handicap, four year olds and upwards. Um, to me, there seems to be quite a lot of pace in here. There seems to be a lot of horses that like to go forwards and get on with it. So there's actually two that are quite interesting, but one of them, Caradoc, is actually still a very short price at Epsom on Saturday. Um, so I'm not sure whether he's going to come here. So the one that I'm actually going to put up is a horse called Sam Cook. Um, oh, no. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I didn't actually, so anyone knows, we haven't actually discussed what we're going to be putting up, so this, this is live reaction. I, um, I thought I had a proper sneaky one at a big price here. Oh, mate. Well, if, if we both strongly fancy it, then that could be a good thing. Yeah. The price is anyway. Um, unfortunately, we only got to see him once last season, um, where he won over 12 films at Chester. There was a bit of cut in the, it was quite soft that day as well. He stayed very mm. well. Um, his only three runs previously to that was a two-year-old over a mile or shorter. Um, so he's still very unexposed at the trip. And the seven-pound rise that day seemed very fair for what he what he achieved. I, you could have easily put him up a bit more than that. Um, and I think he's very unexposed. And I was actually absolutely shocked that he was 20 to one available. I thought he'd be about a eight to one kind of price in this type of race, even shorter. Go on then, Tom. Have you got anything anything to add to that about Sam Cook? <sighs> No, not really, to be honest. You, you pretty much said exactly uh, what I've got written in my notes. Yeah, obviously, I, I think this is one of the races that probably is a target race. It's good enough to be a target race. So I, I know they wanted to run them in the uh, in the King George handicap at Ascot last year, which shows just how highly they regard him. He's, uh, he's won off a break before. Um, yeah, that York two-year-old run. Uh, Felix was second. He's now rated 102. You had Larry at 85, Rangani Island 87. Obviously, he thrashed Larry and he was so much, so much value for, uh, for for more than £7 rise. That day, I think 92 is still fair. Um, like you said, he's going to love the soft ground. It's going to be pretty soft. Yeah, um, the, the 20 to 1 is unfortunately only available with that 365, but yeah, I, I thought the same as you. I thought he'd be a seven or eight to one shot as well. So, but if you're not lucky enough to have a, a Denise account, I still think the 14s is a very, very good bet. I was adamant you were going to put up Palavicino. Well, I was I was looking at Palavicino, and obviously I, I did I did put him up when he was a non-runner at Newmarket, and he's gone on to win twice since. Um, which is slightly frustrating because uh, he was a nice price at Newmarket that day. Um, but I, he's a front runner. He's mainly a front runner. I just I was looking through the race and those four, five, or six that looked like the proper front runners. And I just thought I, I thought he's already gone up the handicap a fair bit now. It's probably time to move away from him. So yeah, sorry Tom. <laughs> James, what about you? Please, please say you're going for Sam Cook. Um. N- no, but I might do now. You've you've you've, you've mentioned that. Um, the, I thought it was really competitive, actually. Um, the only one that I thought you two were keen on Roger Fell having a, a double or whatever on Derby Day, but I think he might just pop up with a one here at Haydock. Um, I was quite impressed with anything today's run at, at Doncaster last time. He split he split two good horses at Doncaster their fifth position and one of of Sir Michael Stout's um so I was quite surprised that he was 20 to 1 for this um I think his mark is 
it's 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 workable based on that last run at Doncaster. Um, so I just thought a small each way on um, anything today. Um, is Sam Cook guaranteed to get in? Well, if he doesn't, you get your money back. So he'll be declared, won't he? So worst comes to worst, he'll get balloted out. Yeah. Um, an interesting one I thought if he ran was Rabdan to Michael Stout. Um, first run for Michael Stout off the track for two years, come over from France, uh, Frankel. Put up some big performances in, well, relatively big performances in France. We'll probably like the soft ground, one by nine lengths over there uh, previously. I don't, but two years off the track. But no, that's just going away from my selection of anything today. <laughs> anything today. So there we go. And what price are you roughly, do you know? You can get 20 to 1 with Denise. There we go. So two twenty to 1 shots for the big handicap. That's what we like to hit. Okay, so moving on, we're going to move back to Sandown now, and the action doesn't stop. We've got the uh, the Group Three Coral-sponsored Henry the Second stakes over two miles at three twenty-five. That's it. I forgot it's Henry the Second, isn't it? I'm gonna have to check. Henry the Second stakes. Yeah, Henry the Second yeah. stakes. Apologies. I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um, which is a well, I hope you don't, because we're going to be coming to you first. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, it's a it's a group three over two miles. And Tom, where's where's your starting point in this race? Uh, well, Nerf Road is the obvious starting point. If, if he can back up his run behind Stradivarius, and I know he was beaten half the track, but he, he also beat the rest of the field half the track. Um, It'll be very hard to beat, but he's a bit short. I'm not sure he's an intended runner. Um, Though, again, knowing Mark Johnson, he probably will be. Um, The the one that I quite liked, I thought didn't deserve to be double figures, was Red Verden. Um, He's never really struck me as a two-miler until his last couple of starts. He's actually tried two miles on four times. Uh, four occasions he's never really looked like being a stare but um he, he's he won a group three at york last year he was staying on um he landed a listed event on his comeback at doncaster and he traveled all over king's advice put the race to bed really nicely it, he looks like he probably is ready for uh two miles now um to my eyes um the mm, one minor concern is that all of his best form does appear to be on flat tracks like york and doncaster but uh, well, it was only a couple of years ago he was second at Ascot to uh, Crystal Ocean in the Hardwick. Um, he's been second to the four in the, uh, I think it was the Jockey Club Stakes at Newmarket. So he, he does do all right on other tracks as well. Just seems to do his winning on flat tracks. Um, yeah, David Allen, he's two for two when he's rode him. He rode him both York and Doncaster. And, uh, Davey keeps the ride for the weekend, which I think... Uh, yeah, he seems to get along with the horse really well. I thought that was a big performance. He, he did really well to get him up on the line to beat Gold Mount at York last year. Uh, at 12 to 1, I, I think he's worth it each way. Okay, good each way selection there. James, do you have a selection in this race? Um, I didn't see why Cross Counter was double the price of Nayef Road. Uh, 
cross counter getting three pounds from sorry? Melbourne. They don't want to be winning, do they? Well I just thought he quite consistently ran to about one one eight last season and getting three pounds off off Nayef Road and double the price, I thought there was a a little bit of value maybe there to be had. Um that probably will be his 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 target, but I thought he'd be up to winning a race like this. Not not a strong opinion, but I don't didn't really think too much of the rest. I'm quite I'm sort of saying quite relieved because I was convinced that one of you two would put the one that I've gone for. And the fact that neither you have is I'm now quite excited that I get to make my argument. Because <laughs> I do actually have quite a strong opinion on this. Um the horse I really fancy is a horse called Spanish Mission. Um, he was very progressive last season when stepping up in trip, uh, which included a win over a very convincing win over Nayef Road. Um, and he was then very he was slightly unlucky behind the same rival next time out when he was actually carrying the penalty, and this time round it's Nayef Road carrying the penalty. Um, he, he just got penned in, and then when he got out, Nayef Road and the runner-up kind of were drifting up about across the track and kept swerving into him. And he had his momentum checked a couple of times and he, he kind of stayed on again at the end. Um, I'm not convinced he'll definitely stay two miles because then performances were over sort of 12 and 13 furlongs. Um, and he does have to overcome a disappointment in Dubai. But I just thought on his on his form from last summer with Nayef Road, where he basically on two two performances showed that he was a better horse than Nayef Road. Um, and he's eight to one, um, whereas obviously Nayef Road is a very short favourite. So and Nayef Road's had a very hard race as has cross counter, whereas he's coming in here fresh so I thought eight to one um, with William Hill general seven to one I thought was very fair price about him to be honest I thought I think he could take a bit of beating if he uh, if he's back to his best okay um, so we're going to move on from one extreme to the to the next extreme so we've got older stayers now we're going to go to some sprinters five furlongs at Sandown which is obviously an incredibly quick five furlongs um, James going to start with you um What's your thoughts on the Group 3 Coral Charge at 150? Five films. Uh, thoughts are uh, wait for the draw before backing anything. <laughs> um, Agreed. It's, it's, it's a really good race if, if they all turn up. Um, three-year-olds, I'm interested. More three-year-old horses, I'm interested. My... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to see Art Power, Liberty Beach, Lazuli line up against each other. Goodness. Um, and the draw is going to be massive. But my pick of those three is probably Liberty Beach. Um, I thought I thought she ran really well um, in the King's Stand. It wasn't a million miles off that cracking performance from, from Batash. Um but that's it's not it's not again it's not much of an opinion but she's she's the five to one and you've got art power at, at half of that um again draw crucial so you can't the prices will probably change when the when we know the draw um but i think i think liberty beach is probably proven at a slightly higher level already um so I'd just, I'd, I'd side with her. Yeah, you've basically covered the exact same ground that I was that I was going to go for as well. 
the, the draw is important and you know on, on line through keep busy there's there's basically nothing at all between Lazuli and Art Power so I was surprised that Art Power was, was slightly shorter than Lazuli considering that Lazuli has shown that he can be very effective over the course and distance mm. but, but like you Liberty Beach does have the high when you take into account that she's getting the Phillies allowance, she does have she comes off best at the ratings. Um, she's also shown that she can handle the five films at places like Sandown and Goodwood, so we know she's effective there. So I actually thought she probably deserved to be favourite in my opinion. I was quite surprised that she was third favourite of the three. Um, the only other thing I would say is, bear in mind the draw. If and the fact that stores one and two do have a really significant advantage, if you do get one of the older horses that's at a bigger price and just get drawn well. I wouldn't put people off back in each way. Um, obviously, we don't know what that's going to be at this stage, but I mean, stall one and two can be a massive help. And even horses that kind of look like they don't really have much of a chance on form can still hit the frame. So if, you, if there is a big one, a big sort of one at a big price drawn in stalls one or two, um, it, you, you could do worse than just back one of them each way. Uh, Tom, what's your thoughts on the race? Uh, yeah, between you, you've pretty much covered everything I was going to say. I agree, Liberty Beach should probably be favourite. Um, Art Power might yet run at Fairy House on the Sunday. So, um, yeah, the one the one thing I would say about Liberty Beach is uh, because she's not a front runner, I, I don't think the draw is as important to her as it may be to others. So, yeah, that, that five to one, I, I don't think she's she deserves to be five to one in this race. And, uh, yeah, I agreed. I, I thought that Caspian Prince at 25 to one was probably quite a big price. Um, he, he's one that he's got so much early speed that he might not be that inconvenienced by a wide draw because he's probably going to be able to get across to the rail anyway he is that quick and I, I was just looking through his form he, I know he's got a lot to find on the ratings but he's one of those horses who once he gets his head in front he seems to back it up with another fairly oh. decent performance he doesn't always win Sorry. but um, yeah that's a Bournemouth goal I'm guessing no, it's not. It's Alison Maximan just absolutely doing them and setting long stuff up. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, back to the point. Yeah, I thought that uh, Caspian Prince at 25 to 1. Obviously, Tom Marquand's riding uh, really well. He's jocked up from him. Yeah, I think he, he's probably one that I wouldn't mind backing without knowing the draw because if he, if he does land score one or two, I think he's maybe like a 12 to 1 shot rather than a 25 to 1 shot. Okay, there we go. So that's a that's a very it's a good uh, good point with him to there, because um, anything that does get drawn low will shorten significantly. Like like it's more than likely, isn't it? Um, so we're going to move on to the the final race, which we're going to preview now, which is also also at Sandown, the 405, the Coral Gala Stakes, a listed contest over ten furlongs, and the horse that I think is actually really interesting here, and I was actually quite surprised. The, the few firms that have priced it up so far that he was 14 to 1 and that is a horse called Falak not um, again <laughs> oh sorry Tom <laughs> oh. um, I think the step down 10 furlongs are really suited him he, he travelled very well and in all honestly too well over 12 furlongs last time he, he, he was just racing a bit over keen and he just didn't get home and there are a few times where a similar sort of thing happened last year where he looked like he was going to take a lot of beating, maybe two furlongs out, and then in the final furlong, he just didn't really go through with his effort. So I think the step back down to 10 furlongs or suits. Um, he's got a very classy pedigree. He's obviously out of an Ark and King George winner in Dane Dream, side by Dubawi. Um, 
and whilst he has to improve another sort of four to six pounds to win this, I think he I think he's got it in him to do so this season. And fourteen to one was a very fair price. And uh, it sounds like you agree, Tom. Yeah, Fairlock's a very strong fancy of mine. Uh, I've, I've already backed him. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of Brooks or Coral accounts, so I did have to get somebody to uh, put it on for me. I've took the 12 of Coral. But um, yeah, I think I think he's a, a massive price. Um, Fox Chairman, I do respect. I think he's, he's very good. But you, you look at the horses that are in front of him in the market, and I just think, how is he a 14 to one shot? Global Giant has shown nothing like his best form on turf. He, he looks like an all-weather bully around the bend. Aspatar, 10 furlongs, he, he looks like he wants, at bare minimum, a mile and a half to me. Uh, Spotify, he, he's got the Dubai curse. How is he 9-2? Dubai Warrior, he's another he's another turf or, um Sorry, he's another all-weather horse. Um, Andre Fabra's Magni Coz, is he even an intended runner? I don't know. Thunderous ran the other day. Um, so you'd like to think even Mark Johnson isn't going to turn him out that quickly again. Yeah, I think there's so many question marks, so many potential non-runners. Of you. I know that Frankie and Rab Havlin are booked on the two Gosden horses, but um, yeah, they're both all weather horses for me. Um, yeah, like, like you said, he shaped really well. Obviously, nothing at Newmarket got into it from the back that day. He looked like 10 furlongs would be perfect um he he also took a bit of a drift in the market that day as well which if you read between the lines means that he probably wasn't fully fit um it's going to sound really weird but i don't think he uh, i don't think he stays a mile and a half anywhere which the reason it's weird is because he's got two wins over a mile and a half and a win over a mile and three but if you look back at them obviously a mile and three that furlong was at kempton so that's a flat track, doesn't take that much getting. Um, is is two wins over a mile and a half, we're up 73 and 79. So he, he didn't he didn't really need to stay the trip that well because his class just gone through. I, I think he's a 10 furlong horse out and out. Uh, I think he's probably it's a listed race, is it? Uh, I think I think he's potentially up to group two stands once he puts it all together. And yeah, I, I can't believe that he's available at 14 to one. The only reason that I haven't actually tipped them myself is because there is only black books and price stuff. But yeah. Okay, just losing you slightly there. Uh, James, have you got an opinion on this race? Last one? Uh, no, it's a bit like Tom in that I started going through them all and didn't really like any of them. <laughs> so, I, so I kind of kind of gave up. Um no, I'm just going to leave that one, not waste your time. <laughs> okay, well, that brings us to the end of the preview. So just quickly, is there any other bets that anybody would like to highlight from the weekend that they think it's worth discussing? Who are you starting with? Shall I start? Yeah, well, sorry, there's, there's none from me. Uh, so yeah, go for it, Tom. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's three from me. Um, there's only one of them priced up, so obviously I, I don't know exactly what... Um, I don't know what prices the two of them are going to be. I'll start with the one that's priced up. Uh, in the 350 at Haydock on Sunday, uh, I think Lord Oberon, he's currently 16 to 1. I think that's a good price, but he, that's another race where you'll get um, extra places on the day. He, he's an absolute mudlark. And like like I keep saying, it's it's going to absolutely lash it down at Haydock. Um, it's going to be heavy ground. He's 
won at, uh, he's not won at Haydock, sorry, but he's run well on his three, well, he's came second beating Latin length on two occasions there, both on uh, soft and heavy grounds. He's starting to look well handicapped. He's uh, back down to his last winning mark. And uh, he, he ran a really encouraging race at Newcastle on Saturday. I think, yeah, 16 to 1. I, I'm half tempted to take a little bit now with the intention of topping up with extra places. Um, there's another one on Sunday also from Haydock uh, in the 130. It's Theatro for Jed O'Keefe. Uh, half, oh, I think it's half sister actually, not half brother, to uh, Lord Yates. So loves the soft ground. Uh, all his all her best form last season was on soft ground. Uh, stays all day, stays longer than the mother-in-law. Um, I've never heard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, second to Goshen last year. Um, yeah, she she made a really encouraging comeback run on good ground. Pumpy fracked over a mile and a half, but all of the best form is soft ground, mile six. So I think uh, she'll take a lot of beating at that. And uh, on Saturday at Haydock, 240. And um, I think this one will be quite a big price. I hope it will anyway, because he's uh, trained by John Berry. It's Cryptos. So he uh, he ran at Newmarket on the Guineas weekend, I think it was, in the race that Bell Rock won. Uh, Bell Rock ran quite well in the uh, Hunt Cup. Um, I thought Kryptos was really eye-catching that day because it was his first start for 995 days. Um, so you, you'd expect him to strip a lot fitter for that run as well. Um, he, he actually travelled, in my opinion, the best of them all. Um, he was up with a pace. He was the last off the bridle. And then uh, he, he just seemed to give away, which is understandable after that long off. Um, also, that was one of the few races that weekend where you wanted to be held up. Uh, the front two came from quite far back. And he was uh, on the front end. He's back down to his last winning mark. He, he also likes it soft. So any rain that they have by Saturday at Haydock will be fine. Uh, Nicola Perry's jocked up, so um, he's, he's by all intents and purposes an intended runner. Uh, yeah, I can see him being around 20 to 1. I think he'll probably slip under the radar a little bit. There we go. That's, uh, it's not often you get a John Berry horse tipped up on the on a podcast, so that's, uh, that's a good spot. Um, James, anything from the rest of the cards of the weekend that you fancy at all? Uh, only a couple in the Coral Challenge handicap at Sandown, which is at 3 o'clock. Um I'm hoping David O'Morrison's Baltic Baron to Epsom on Saturday because I like Chalier, um here at at Sandown. I thought he ran a, a really good race at, at Ascot last time. Um, step step up to a mile should be no problem because he's staying on really well in that race. I was really surprised that he got he's been put down two pounds for that good Ascot run. Really? Uh, yeah. It's come from wow. 90, 90, 95 here. Um, whereas the ones sort of towards the head of the market in that race, um, they all look sort of pretty handicapped to the hilt. Um, so I think Shalir is a good price at yeah, 16 to 1. Um, and I just thought I'd mention Via Serendipity. Um Ran well off 97 in this last year, now down to 88. Just be a little bit concerned that Stuart Williams is stable form. Um, but 20 to 1 uh, for a course and distance winner 
is a big price. Um, Chalet, the main fancy in that race, but that's it for Sunday. Okay, so on to the the team Trixie and the nap. Gosh. Um, the start of you, Tom. What's your what's what's your nap going to be, and what's your selection for the team Trixie? Uh, uh, the, the issue is that um, uh, normally I would go with Fairlock here, just but with it with it only being Ladbrokes and Coral, I, I don't think that's particularly fair. So um, I, I'm going to steal your thunder. I, I really like Sam Cook. Okay, Sam Cook for you. But just for the record, I I don't know what you're going to put up. Do, do you want Sam Cook? Uh, no, I'm happy with you taking Sam Cook. Okay. That's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Sam Cook. Because I, I, I fancy Sam Cook a bit more than Fairlock. Okay, James, what's your uh, selection for the your nap and the team Trixie selection? Um, which which race was Sam Cook in? The Old Newton. Right. In that case, I will go for Baltic Baron. Baltic Baron. There we go. So we've got two twenty to one shots in there. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be generous. I'll I'll take fourteen Sam Cook because bet three six okay. five are six points clear. So yeah, we'll, okay. we'll do the uh, we'll do the moral thing here. So so that's Sam Cook about fourteen to one. Baltic Barons here general twenty to one, isn't he? I think. I'm not sure about general, but um, well, I'm just checking now. Give me a minute. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to check on my phone because uh, odds checker it it comes up with that little. Uh, the thing that you've got to cross off and it's right in the way um, it would basically mean I'd leave the chat uh, yeah you can get Baltic Baron 20s with uh, Betfair and Paddy Power so 14s general but it's it's two bookies we'll, we'll let you off that okay I'm trying to th- Ooh, all the decisions to make now third leg the one I'm going to go for, just because I think I do actually really fancy, is, is uh, Alpine, Alpine Easter in the Lancashire Oaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, this is a big tricksy, this. This is some uh, big naps. So I think she's gen, uh, she's 33 is a bet for bet three six five. I think she's generally about 25 to one shot. It's going to buy you a portion of house, this Trixie. <laughs> I hope so. So just to so we've got Sam Cook, Baltic Baron. And Alpine Easter, they're, they're the three selections. Um, so thank you very much, Tom and James, and for your contributions. Outstanding as always. Even uh, if you were more interested in the Newcastle match than the uh, than the racing, which isn't something that I've ever said a, before. I can't think of a Geordie Shaw related sign off, unfortunately. No. I, I, I'm glad that I can't. <laughs> <laughs> right so anyway thank you for listening it's been greatly appreciated and any constructive feedback would be very helpful as we start off on this uh, journey we are going to hopefully do them fairly regularly um if you would like to um listen to us again and if you want to recommend us to a friend then please do so it'd be greatly appreciated um so give us a follow and a retweet on twitter and help spread the word um thank you very much bye thank you best of luck